Welcome to the Imagine Place podcast. I'm your host, Doug Shapiro, and I'm searching for voices that can help inspire a more creative and courageous youth. You know that feeling when you're dragging yourself to work and you just need that spark to get yourself going? Well, today's guest, Stephanie Ince, is an expert at helping leaders find their squirrel. Yeah, that's right. Squirrel. It's actually her metaphor for unlocking your motivation and passion. And the story on how she landed on that phrase, find your squirrel, is pretty cool. Stephanie is the founder of March Management Leadership Coaching. We recorded together at Neocon. I actually found Stephanie through a note from a listener. Shout out to Neely Miner with CWC in Atlanta. Thank you, Neely, for introducing me. This was a great conversation. I'm happy to share this one. Well, I'm excited to learn more about what it is you know, right? So just given the word coach... I'm excited because you, you can help some people like right now, right? You can help some people right now on these airwaves. Uh, so uh, let's start with putting myself in listeners' shoes here. What would be the three top things right now I should be considering for my own personal wellness that I've probably overlooked? If I'm in this industry, you know what it's like here and you know the hustle, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that um, really sticking to the basics, I think, is something that we we tend to give up on those things really easily, you know? Mm. So um, I think that sort of the foundation for any building in terms of increasing productivity, increasing happiness, um, being able to do your job better, it really starts with just like basic well-being. So, you know, sleeping well, eating well, taking care of yourself, getting up and moving, like particularly over the past few years, like we we get stuck in these desks staring at screens and it's amazing because we sort of convince ourselves that we just will do this one more thing and this one more thing. And then the next thing you know, it's been five hours and we haven't moved our bodies. And so I think that's a key one. I think it's just one of those things that we tend to kind of sacrifice ourselves a lot of the time for our jobs. Yeah. And I think it's just really important to, to remember that if you invest even just a little bit, it's actually going to go a really long way. Take a break, give yourself 10 minutes to get up and move and um, when you come back, you're going to be so much better for it, you know? So I think that's, I think that's one piece. I think the other thing is just really um, being aware and intentional about what it is that you love to do and what it mm. is that lights you up. Because I think that, um, again, we kind of get stuck. I think it's so easy to get stuck on, you know, what is it that we're supposed to be doing or what is it that we think that other people want us to be doing. And I think that um, being brave enough to kind of figure out what it is that you're good at and what you want to do and what lights you up inside. Um, it, it really requires intentionality. And I think that that's, you know, I think that's something that um, I think that the pandemic actually really helped us to be more intentional. I think maybe because we, we didn't have a chance to do the things that we wanted to do. Um, Are you doing what you wanted to do? And how 100%. long did it, how long did it take you to figure that out? Um, it took me a long time. Like I, I think that, I think a lot of people, it takes up until your mid-career when you've sort of done the things that you thought you were supposed to do and then, and then figured out that, okay, now that I've checked all these boxes and I'm not necessarily getting what I want, okay, this is where the fun starts. Like, this yeah. is where I can actually 
think about me and like, and then you kind of have the confidence to know that you can probably figure it out. You know, you're no longer like following this really strict rule book. Um, and that's pretty, that's pretty awesome too. That is awesome. I I just kind of wondered, even as you're talking, I was like, how do people know, like how many people are actually doing what they want to do? Like what's the percentage of people that you coach that are realizing in those moments, like there's other things, there's other things I need to do. A lot of people come to me because they're really burnt out. So Mm. I think it's kind of like, you know, at the very end of a relationship when it's like too late and then you're kind of like, okay, how do I, how do I get this back? So a lot of the time I see people, they're like, I hate my job. I don't want to be doing this anymore. I always talk about like feeling like you're walking in mud, like everything just feels really hard. Um, so people, I think, enlist a coach when they're in trouble a lot of the time, right? As opposed yeah. to enlisting a coach because you're like, I want to be better. I love what I'm doing, but like, I want to, I want to do more of it. I want to be excited. I want to be good. Um, so I think it really depends. I mean, a lot of the clients that are mid-career are starting to kind of look at that, right? And be yeah. a little bit more brave. Um, so I think it really depends on what somebody's journey has been. I kind of feel like you need to go through some things before you can kind of arrive at this realization that you're ready to do what you want to do. I kind of want to dig into this a little more because this is, maybe this is just personally me. Yeah. But like, I don't feel like necessarily I have a thing. I am a passionate person. And so like whatever it is I'm doing, I'm just kind of naturally passionate. Uh, I'm not, I just, maybe here I am. I'm just like, I feel like I'm sitting here asking for coaching now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well we could try it. <laughs> but like, um, I, you know, how do you even know? Like, cause if you're just a passionate person and you're just an optimist, I feel like those are the people that are most likely to get trapped because they're like, Good enough. Yeah, 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 it's good enough. Yeah. I mean, I think that it depends on, so it sounds like you're somebody who you want to be passionate. So you probably need a lot of variety. You know, I mean, mm. it makes a lot of sense that you would have different guests and different conversations and like, because in order to keep that energy up, I think you do need like injections of new things. Right. So yeah. for sure. I mean, I think that people who are happy and optimists are better at making any situation a good situation. But I also think that probably I would guess that for somebody like you, one of the things that you probably need is a lot of variety because you're because you want to fire, you know? Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of people who are cool with maintaining and like making small kind of enhancements. Um, But I think there's also people who are like they need stuff. Yeah. And I feel like you're probably somebody who just needs a lot of stuff. And so even that that awareness, that's enough. Right. Yeah. doesn't mean you have to have like a complete map. It just means that. It's like being intentional about the fact that, and you probably do get to a point where you're like, hmm, okay, well, I'm kind of at the end of this road. So like, what's going on over here? You know, you probably figure it out. It's just, you don't realize that you're doing it maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, I, I love what I do. I love my job. I love the people I do it with and I love our industry. Absolutely love it. But part of me does wander and I'm like, I could be an archaeologist. Sure. Like, I'll go back to school. Oh, I could be a physical therapist. I would love to help people walk again. Like, what a great feeling, you know? And, like, and my mind goes all these directions. Um, you know, I'll, I'll even stare out the window of an airplane at the people loading the bags. I'm like, I can do that for a few days. You know, that'd feel good. Totally. And, and it's like, you know, that's one of the things I'm optimistic about, actually, is the fact that 
Um, I heard we're supposed to live now to we're like 105 or something. Like if yeah. you were born between like 80 and 2000. And I'm thinking like if I have to live till I'm 105, that means even if I retired at like 70, I have 35 more years. Like I can go do something else. So like part of, part of the reason I'm optimistic about a long life is maybe I'll have a second or third career. Who 100%. knows? You probably will. And that's the thing that's really cool too is that now people are doing that, right? Yes. Like that's now that's kind of the norm where it's like you get to this natural conclusion or this end of something and then it's like, what am I going to do next? And um, I think that's, and the other thing is, where you're at now is going to be totally different than where you're at in 10 years. You know, like all of these, just living life does that. And so yeah. um, being open to the possibility that all of these, and particularly in an industry like this, where there's so many places you can go, um, I think it's really cool. And it keeps you alive. Like it keeps you, you know, at your best. It does. So I, I have to ask, just because I'm sure you're full of wisdom, full of advice. You've seen people in moments and, you know, and you've seen people shift and and discover. Is there like, go-to advice that like that's your thing like like that you can't wait to give to that person okay so this is what I almost always say and I know it sounds really kind of coachy and a little bit I don't know like even as I say it I'm like "Eh." (laughs) but you know I have a lot of clients ask me you know this person this person asked me this what should I say and I'm like tell the truth like it's like it's Tell the truth in the best possible light for yourself. Yeah. But like, particularly if I'm talking to people about interviewing or, you know, presenting yourself or positioning yourself for the job that you want. First of all, you need to really know yourself and the value that you can bring to an organization and why and what your unique value is. But I also feel like you need to be brave enough to be able to speak it because you don't want to sell yourself into a place where you don't belong. You know, like it's just so I know it's kind of basic, but like. I try really hard when I have that instinct to not tell the truth. It's like, wh- like, why is that there? And kind of mm. try to like force myself to speak it anyway and believe that it's going to be whatever it's going to be. But that's the truth, you know? Oh, I love that. I don't know. I mean, I it's, it's not something that I can do all the time. I know it's a hard thing to do, but whenever possible, like challenge yourself to tell the truth. Yeah. Tell the truth to yourself. To the, yeah. The to yourself first. To others. Uh, it seems like things will inevitably work out if you do that, right? It may hurt for a minute. That's exactly right. You got to trust that it's going to get you where you're supposed to be going, yeah. even if it's not where you think you want to be. Yeah, yeah. That's a great piece of advice that feels universal. Like I, I know sometimes it's hard to give general advice because you don't know a person in a moment. Like I'm, I'm asking you to just give advice in the air, but that one feels like, yeah, that applies to anybody. Yeah. Love that. Um, All right. So I know you've written articles, right? Uh, What would you say is an article that you've written that really stands out in our industry? I mean, I think that the most recent article um, about finding your squirrel, I think, is something that I really loved. Finding your squirrel. Tell me about this. Yeah. So... Um, at a recent, at uh, the Indial Champions Conference recently, I talked, we were doing a session on sort of professional development and inspiration and lighting yourself up. And I told this story about how I was running with my dog um, who didn't want to run. So it was like not the best run, right? Because he was kind of dragging and, and looking at me like, what are we doing? And, um, and then he saw a squirrel and he like took my freaking arm oh. off. Oh. And I was like, this is the greatest metaphor 
ever. One hundred percent. So um, I told that story at the at the I conference, and then I included it in the article. And you know, I think it's just one of those things where it's like you got to figure out. You don't have energy for something until you do have energy for something. That is so true. What a great. <laughs> What a great metaphor. Find your squirrel. I couldn't figure out where that was going. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, so you want us to be distracted? You know, uh, that's so good. Find your squirrel. Okay. Uh, what else are you hiding in there? I feel, I feel like you've got so <laughs> oh, many pressure. I don't know. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Um, all right. So how about this? Uh, I'm sure being a coach on the outside it feels like you probably have to have it all together right because you're the one helping someone else put it all together um i'm sure there's got to be days after you're done where you're just like you need that coach you know does that happen i mean 100%, is that yeah do coaches coach coaches yeah you actually need to, to you need to have a coach okay. um in order to be certified and it's like you see the benefits of coaching when you engage in a coach, Ooh, you know? That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is I would say that actually even coaching clients is really helpful because a lot of it, I coached somebody recently who um, she's a not-for-profit leader and and she was talking about the fact that she'd hit a point in her career where she no longer needed to prove that she was a good person. Like she knew she was a good person. And hmm. it was, I kind of had this like, you know, because I had spent 20 years speaking about telling the truth. I'd spent 20 years in not-for-profit, you know, leading charitable organizations prior to becoming a coach. And I kind of was like, oh, I guess I did that too. Like, I wonder if I did that too, if that's why I, um, if that's why I felt the need to be in not-for-profit is like, maybe I felt the need to be a good person. And that wasn't something that was, you know, that wasn't something that I was conscious of. But when I was, when we were having this conversation and she said it, I was like, I kind of wanted to be like, I can't believe you're paying me for the session because <laughs> right. this is really helpful. You know, I think I'm here too. Um, yeah. Gosh, you know what? It almost, and now I get the privilege of this. Now it's not under the umbrella of coaching. So we don't always go there, but it's just conversations, conversations with people who, who won't judge you, right? Conversations that are just honest, that are, um, that also give you opportunity to be introspective where people actually are curious about you and what you're doing. Like those just don't come around. They don't come around unless you are intentionally about bringing them into your day. It's hundred percent. And it's like, honestly, the way I picture myself when I'm coaching is like holding the space, you know, like you're, you're really just allowing somebody the opportunity to see themselves or to explore something that they don't have time to do really intentionally in the middle of their day. So it's kind of like a timeout. And you're right. Like that's what this conversation is too. It's like a conversation where we're holding the space and we're just going to be here. And I think that that's what's so cool about coaching conversations is that they're very intentional. Stephanie, this is really fun to learn about. Yeah, it was great to be here. Thanks for having me. For more design stories, visit us at OFS.com slash imagineaplace. From OFS, I'm Doug Shapiro. Thanks for listening.